In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Revisionist Faith, a new podcast series presented by YOTC. I'm Leah, and I'm joined by Red. Hi, guys. We're so glad you've come back to join us. For the next two episodes, we wanted to make the series as honest as possible. So as part of our research, our team recorded a focus group with young men and women to discuss some super taboo topics like purity, sex, and relationships. You'll also hear from our very own Gussie's Abbai and Blen integrated into our episode. If you aren't familiar with YOTC, Gussie's Abbai and Blaine play a huge role in our organization and community. As one of the first married couples in YOTC, they provide us with some unique insight for this episode. I couldn't agree more, Leah. So we're kicking off with a subject that is low-key saturated, but it lacks a lot of quality. Um, I'm talking about purity and the culture that is surrounding it. And if we are being transparent here, even during our uh, podcast meetings, uh, we were confusing purity with sex. And the dialogue surrounding purity has been watered down and attaching purity to one, your value, and two, a physical event. In addition to purity being centered around abstinence, we also see purity culture in the way we discuss how women dress or how they conduct themselves, and um, even in the way that we discuss purity uh, through the lens of eternal damnation, um, and mm-hmm. so much more. And so these structures that make uh, purity co- culture encourage stigma and shame often. And um, to cope with the discomfort of what living in purity means, uh, we often find ourselves revising our faith. We're learn what the faith really teaches us about um, living in purity and then give you real life applications to free ourselves from the shame, guilt, and isolation that purity culture has offered us. So uh, starting off, we, like we mentioned before, conducted a focus group uh, discussion with young men and women about their thoughts about purity and common misconceptions. It was a great way to uh, hear different perspectives, and we would like to share this clip with you. I can go. Um, I think purity culture kind of pushes that like our salvation is based is like directly based on our ability to be celibate whereas I mean I don't think that's the case we have a forgiving God and so pushing it'll it'll push people away if we just project that like you're not accepted or um that like if I mean for the most part if people aren't like we said before, like if, if these conversations aren't being had, a lot of people don't know how to deal with situations when, you know, they go through puberty or they go to college or whatever. Um, if they aren't prepped for these situations and they do have, go through that, how if they aren't taught how to come back to God, then I guess that, that will push them away from church. So to answer the question, I think, one, definitely opening up the conversation starting these conversations early um, as puberty starts, and then also just sharing that 
there is forgiveness if you do repent and that the church is a welcoming place for everyone. Uh, the culture that um, that kind of exists around the Orthodox Church, the Ethiopian specifically, is like, it's very, like, uh, you can see people judging, you can, like, see uh, just by, like, if you dress a certain way, and I want to say this, like, specifically, uh, it asks the question, what are the side effects? I think, like, men don't really get any side effects, to be honest, like, most, uh, uh, I think, the girls, are, uh, you guys face a lot more of just the cultural side effects. Uh, even though nobody's talking about it, you guys get, like, I think I, I can see it, and uh, I guess you guys probably know too, but even uh, the way you guys looked at if you wear, like, just your hair down or something like that, there's a certain culture that, like, like women experience in, in uh, uh, the church that guys don't. And guys are like, if we show up, it's pretty cool. Like, they, they're like pretty excited at their opponents. That's pretty much all we have to do. So, like, just even going to church can be a challenge for you guys with just that aspect. So, like, it's not just like the fact that they talk about it, it's just, even if you don't talk about it, it's like there's a lot of uh, non said things that are like, I don't. I don't want to say like drives people out, but it probably does. But like, it shouldn't exist. Either talk about it or like don't let it. It was really great to hear that um, one of our participants said that our value is not attached to how pure we are, and that's so refreshing to hear and it's true because our value comes from god um, we are created in his image and are dignified as children of god and so the first misconception is attaching our value to purity which is like we said not true the idea that because you've had sex before marriage or you've watched porn or you know committed other sins takes away from your value is not true so we as humans are sinners and of course we're going to sin we're going to commit sins but we shouldn't make it our identity and that's because sin is something we can overcome and later in the episode we'll offer guidance on how to do that but tying back to value and purity this is really dangerous because where does this leave the assaulted men and women are they less pure because of what happened to them? No, no, it's not true. Um, because ideally that shouldn't have happened to them, but it shouldn't take away from their value. And, you know, I've heard from personal experience, um, men and women who that has happened to, or even just small things like what the, the community surrounding the church may find promiscuous, um, kind of making us feel isolated and not wanting to come into the church or returning back to the church. Um, and, you know, we want a church community that is all accepting as God is, but we have to be realistic. And as humans, we're unpredictable and imperfect um, but I want to implore to you to not allow the community in or out of the church to phase God's acceptance and love for you and 
uh, again, you're never too impure to come back to church. And that's on period. St. John Chrysostom advises us, do not be ashamed to enter again into the church. But I also want to share what Isabai says about this topic. Yes, definitely. I I, <clears throat> I echo that. But at, at the same time, I, I want to add uh, one of the other things is misconception, especially um, for the youth and people that grew up in here or mostly uh, just know the faith in, 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 a, in a cultural lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that that's really need to be cleared out is um, if you mess up in a relationship uh, it could be in a different ways if you mess up in, in a relationship that your spiritual life is done uh, <laughs> that you're not accepted in god's grace that you're not accepted in uh within the church and i think that's a very very um high misconception in 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 a in the, our generation, I believe, um, and, and and rightfully so because of the things uh, how in uh, culturally that mostly we focus on the outside appearances, the outside um, you know spiritual activities. So um, if a person mess up, uh, then coming back to the church that may feel like a very high hill to go because now they're going to be judged. Now they're going to be. Um, the the way that God is depicted to them is uh, you know a God that is uh, wrathful, the God that a God of condemnation, and and mostly that. So I think it needs to be cleared out that yes, uh, our church teaches us to spiritually strive to perfection, um, and we strive to perfection, but. Since we are living in a fallen world, there may be times that we uh, fall short of the expectation of the church teaching and the expectation of um, the commandments and all of those. But the, especially the young generation should truly, truly um, take heed that God is all acceptable, uh, accepts everyone who comes uh, in a repentant heart towards Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter how wrongful you are it doesn't matter how much you mess up uh, as long as you have a contrite heart and you get you, you get closer to god he truly accepts you so i think that's uh, one of the highest uh, the, the big misconception that i i can think of you know i really enjoyed hearing Gussie's talk about you know the gap in providing support um for eotc practitioners on their journey to purity it's really refreshing to have a faith leader kind of come out and say that and how you know we really do need to think about how we can create more safe spaces and uh, access to information which kind of moves us um forward in thinking about purity as a physical event right so among the other misconceptions we often hear that, you know, purity revolves around trivial things like harsh exercise um, or riding a bike too vigorously or wearing a tampon could all tarnish um, a, a young woman or a young girl's purity. Um, and interestingly, uh, 
you know, this phrase, popping your cherry, really originated hundreds of years ago. And it does not correlate with anything popping anywhere. Oh, period. <laughs> and, you know, as someone who works within the reproductive health community, this misconception, you know, is not, is also not physiologically accurate um, and has been substantiated by research as well. And so just thinking about, you know, no matter how long ago this uh, phrase originated, kind of the social stigma around this phase is still relevant today. Um, and this toxic culture of shame, guilt, and judgment we've created as a byproduct of misunderstanding what living in purity actually means is harmful. Um, and, you know, to understand this just a little bit further, we lean on a beautiful quote from St. Maria of Paris who stated, Christ, who approached prostitutes, tax collectors, and sinners, can hardly be the teacher of those who are afraid to soil their pristine garments, who are completely devoted to the letter, who live only by the rules, and who govern their whole life according to rules. You know, this really reminds us that Christ's love and forgiveness is greater than any social or societal chain and structures. Um, and even though there is judgment that comes from those who are afraid to look at their own sins, it's really important to remember that we must be compassionate and we also must be forgiving. We also want to think about this from a biblical and historical context. Um, labels are not new. Uh, they're formed through social constructs, right? And so labeling each other pure or impure can really leave a bad taste in our mouths and in our hearts. And, and they're damaging and they're hurtful. And we know that labels and their stigmas can go both ways, right? So in today's society, living in purity is easily misinterpreted to be taboo and rare, like who really does this anymore? But through the word, we know that living a life in purity is not bad. And Gassis talks a little bit about this in his interview with us. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. There is a purity culture, and I don't I don't think if some people misconceptionally see it in a bad way, we we shouldn't see it in a bad way. It's just that how we interpret it that that really um, uh, matters. Uh, purity uh, to, to have a sanctified life to have a purity to strive to purity this is biblical and this is uh, the teachings of the church um, but again at the same time we need to balance not to focus 100% fully only the physical purity right because we are living in a fallen world we, we're living in a corrupted state so uh, there may be times that people could uh fall short and make mistakes and there is not a lot of teachings i would say or doors um, opportunities for people that are fall short from for, for for purity to come back to the church and be accepted in the grace of god and fulfill the spiritual purity and have have the you know the reward from god and we, we i think we don't focus uh, fully on that so following up on what Gussie said, you know, the evolution of really our culture and societal norms have shaped and informed the way that we think about purity, right? And what matters about purity, though, is how we interpret it. 
Right. And to help us better interpret where even this purity culture stems from,、um, let's go back and look at it from a historical and biblical perspective. So, ancient Israel and Judaic culture had purity laws written in the Old Testament, and it stated that your sins were directly correlated to who you are and how you should be seen. So, not only does your impurity affect your salvation, but it is Your identity, along with your own sins, you also pay for the price of your parents' sins through physical consequences such as leprosy, sickness, and a lot more that will one socially and two physically isolate you from your community. And in Numbers nineteen twenty, it says, "But if those who are unclean do not purify themselves, they must be cut off from the community." Because they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord, the water of cleansing has not been sprinkled on them, and they are unclean. So that is to the extent that it goes for your impurity.、Um, but thankfully, right, this is not the case anymore. When Christ fulfilled the law of purity in the story of the leper in Matthew eight one to three. Jesus breaks the purity law by reaching out sympathetically to the leper and healing him. So originally, the purity law entails a tradition called purification. Purification was a ritual in the Old Testament where one is cleansed of your impurity. So to be pure, you had to make a sacrifice. But Christ liberated us from this ritual by taking our place.、Um, purification was fulfilled. When Christ introduced sanctification by dying on the cross for us, now through Christ we are sanctified, and by the sacraments we can continue being purified. Now that we are sanctified through Christ, let's define sanctification. Right? What separates sanctification from purification? So, sanctification literally translates to set apart to God. As a teacher of the law. Jesus enacts the true intention of the purity law, which is to establish a holy community of believers within the kingdom of heaven.、Um, this healing action forms a step towards the coming of the kingdom of heaven. As a result of this fulfillment, a cultic purity culture ritual、uh, transforms into a moral activity for Christians. So these moral activities include mental, spiritual, and physical efforts, which Leah will go、uh, into. So thinking about how we can, you know, practice this in our everyday lives, right? Because that's right. really what's important.、Um, first, we'll talk about mentally and spirituality. So think about how you can take on the challenge to control how much、uh, you're thinking about, whether that is including lustful thought. We'll lean on this.、Uh, Verse in Matthew five, verse twenty-seven through twenty-eight, it says, "You have heard that what that it was said, 'You shall not commit adultery.' But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart." And that really, you know, this is not meant to sound extremely punitive, but it just reminds us that it's not. Just about the physical actions. It's also about our intentions within. And so, you know, some other ways that, or some other things that we can do physically,、um, is、um, you know, aligning our actions with the Word of God, and that's really by choosing to be absent and by choosing to remove temptation from our environment.、Mm-hmm. And in、uh, Thessalonians、uh, chapter four, verse three, it says, "For this is the will of God." 
your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, right? And so that's what we should strive for. But often, like Red said before, you know, we're human. We are defined um, by the fact that we sin. That's what sets us apart. And so we think about, okay, well, what can, what more can we do? And that's really about thinking about repentance. And Blaine talks a little bit about this. I wanted to also say that guilt, even if it's not your fault, if it's your fault, guilt is not the spirit of God. Repentance is the spirit of God. Because guilt comes from evil. Like, you know, guilt makes us far away from God. So I might do like a sin. You might be fallen. Like, even if it's your fault, what I'm talking about, not just, you know, people shouldn't judge even people like did it purposely. If they fall like purposely, you shouldn't judge because uh, people like with the judgment, people feel guilty, you know, but that's not what God's will. God's will is repentance, not guilt. Guilt, uh, you know, makes you like hate yourself, hate everything, and you just give up with the life of purity. Right. So I think repentance is something we all should encourage our brother and sister. Right, I love that audio. So going deeper into repentance, right? Defining repentance, the word means change of mind or attitude. Uh, Repentance is not simply feeling sorry for yourself or um, going into a rabbit hole of guilt. It's freedom. And St. Chrysostom uh, actually calls repentance medicine. And, you know, that's that's really beautiful. And one of my favorite quotes, it was during, uh, Leah, do you remember? It was during our uh, podcast meeting. And Nati, who was a host uh, last season, brought up this quote from Pope Shenoda III's The Life of Repentance and Purity, which he says, um, God will not ask you, why did you sin? He will ask you, why did you not repent? Isn't that fire? It literally is the best. Literally. It, it does stick with you. You know, it's yeah, one of those quotes that is, is just so great. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about it for a minute in our during our meeting. But we wanted to emphasize something. And that is purity and virginity are not interchangeable. Just because you've lost one doesn't mean you've lost the other. Purity is a journey that you are constantly working on and now you have a new identity yeah and so it's important to think about well now that I have this new identity how do I really maintain it Mm -hmm. Um, and we're human like like we've been saying this whole episode we'll fall but the important thing is that we don't dwell in that sin and that we get right back up and that we remember what our journey is truly about and we learn that sacraments purify us. So repent and do the sacrament of confession. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, talks about how everyone sins, right? The practice of repenting and confessing our sins is, however, an establishment of our spiritual growth towards righteousness. So it is important that, um, you, you know, we think about all of the things that we can do. And one thing I really want to emphasize is that moving forward, we really need to think about how we uh, center our decisions around Christ, because we know that Christ always has um, our best interest in mind and heart, and that he never gives us more than we can handle. 
And if we center our decisions around Christ, that means that we trust his wills for us and we know that we will be okay in the end. And, you know, Blaine explains this a little bit further. Having God is your security. Security and also like you can go anywhere. You don't have to be overthinker of life. This is help, this is help. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just helped me to decide, quick decide with everything. Because I know I'm not, nothing's going to happen if I have God. So today we discuss the freedom from toxic purity, embracing a new identity through repentance and sanctification. But why is this important? We're told to abstain and maintain sexual immorality, but why? We'll cover that next episode on sex. And if you're interested, we have a complete series uploaded on YouTube called Dating Impurity, and it's corresponding notes on our website, which is yotc.org. Um, and our, by the way, our YouTube is Young OTC. In the meantime, email us feedback or questions at yotcpodcast at gmail.com and follow our Instagram at young underscore OTC for regular updates. Make sure to share our podcast. You have the power to share Christ's message and YOTC's mission. Thank you for listening to Revisionist Faith. We'll catch up with you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.